Yo, what's good, high performers and camp believers? Welcome to another episode of the Can't Believe I Made It podcast. I am your sports and performance dietitian and host, Desi Aveda. I'm not going to enjoy this episode. And I'm not going to enjoy it for a couple of reasons because, one, I don't like being wrong. <laughs> I, I hate being wrong. And mind you, I'm someone who tells you, hey, lead with failure, learn from it. This is just one of those failure moments where I'm like, gosh dang it, I should be better. At the same time, while I'm not going to enjoy this podcast, what I am going to enjoy is me going through the process of taking a look at the evidence and taking a look at, hey, is what I'm saying or what I have been saying, is it consistent with what we're seeing across evidence-based practice? Now, you know I'm someone who is constantly learning and I'm someone who's pushing you to become that best version of yourself. And so the big thing that I wanted to tackle today inside of our Rituals for Resilience episodes and our Friday episodes is unmasking some of your health gadgets and really trying to talk about their deception. I'm sure a lot of us have spent a great deal of money on some of the health techs, whether it's the wrist wearables like the Apple Watch that I have right now. Apple, if you're listening to this, please sponsor me. Albeit, I'm probably going to piss you off of what I'm about to say. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so whether you're someone who uh, invests in some of the wrist wearables or someone who invests in different types of tech as it pertains to navigating your sleep hygiene, whether that's the Aura Ring or some of the other things on the market, there's a couple things that I wanted to run through in some of the findings that I just recently had. And so Inside of that, you know that we are tackling our pillars, right? So we're taking a look at how you sleep. We're taking a look at how you eat, how you move, and then also how you think and how you feel. I wanted to take two of our pillars and to discuss some of the deception that happens with people who are very, very analytical and number-centric. Now, mind you, as a coach, what I really love about some of the health tech is that the data doesn't lie. Because I'm not so much looking at some of the specifics of the data points, but what I'm looking at is trends. So if you're telling me, Des, I'm getting out for my walks, I'm, I'm able to habit stack and listen to my podcast while I do it or listen to an audio book or m maybe just listen to music as I engage in my mindful walk, I can see that you're going for your walk through your step count and through your activity tracker. I'm not really looking at calories being burned or anything like that because I already know that that is one metric right there that is incredibly inaccurate when they take a look at not only just the accuracy of some of the health gadgets, but also the, the accuracy of what the evidence says. I say that because I just came across something that I think is incredibly relative and it might point out some flaws in some of your health wearables. So let's go ahead and tackle the activity piece first. Let's, talk, let's tackle the wrist watch wearables, if you will. So there was a study done in 2021 in the Journal of Medical Internet Research. And what they did is they took a review of 65 different articles. And what they were trying to do was assess the accuracy and acceptability of some of the wrist wearable activity trackers. What I think is really interesting about this, this review is that a lot of the things on the market claim to help you with some of the tech. They claim to give you the metrics that you need in order to assess how many how much, you know, how much calories you've burned over time. So that's your energy expenditure. Okay. So that's obviously the food that we food and beverage that we consume is calculated as our energy input and our energy output is that energy expenditure that I'm going to be talking about throughout the course of, of this podcast. Right. So we take a look at that. 
And what I thought was interesting after they, after they took a review of some of the 65 different articles was that the big thing that they were looking at is not only just the acceptability, but also the accuracy of some of the top-notch wrist wearables, right? So while they looked at data availability, they also looked at wearing time as well. And so some of the things that they did find is that when we looked at availability and acceptability of the data, things like the Fitbit Charge HR, the Fitbit Flex 2, and the Garmin Vivo Fit all had data availability over 75%, which is a positive thing. The Gene Active or Nike Fuel Band was around 89%. So in, in layman's terms, this just means that from the standpoint of the data that you're getting, that's the amount of data that's available. Okay. What is interesting about some of the outcomes that they found is they take they took a look at step count, they took a look at heart rate, and they took a look at energy energy expenditure, so the calories that are being burned. What they did find is the best for the step counts were things like the Fitbit uh, Charge HR, which were shown to have less than 25% error across 20 different studies. So that's a positive. Because in most cases, when we're looking at energy expenditure, a lot of the health wearables are probably like 50% accurate. Right. I'm not giving you a specific number. I'm just telling you what we know as as health professionals and some of the information that we provide to the clients and people that we talk with or work with. Right. The one that they found that were best for heart rate was actually the Apple Watch. Right. What they showed was less than 10 percent error across two studies. Mind you, there's a lot more that needs to be researched here, but I'm just giving you the overall findings of what they found inside of this 2021 article. What they did find across the board was that most of the health wearables today actually are very poor in tracking accuracy for energy expenditure. So in the most basic way possible, the health watch or the, the health tracker that you're wearing and or utilizing, oftentimes if it's giving you a metrics of calories being burned, you can probably note that there's probably going to be a lot of inaccuracy in what that says. Now, I'm not telling you to go and throw away your Apple Watch or to throw away your Fitbit or anything like that. But what I'm merely telling you is that it's, it's probably going to be much more of an accurate measure of trends over time. So if we look at, and this is something that I work a lot with my clients, over time, what I'll do is as, you, as they share their week-to-week data inside of their Friday check-ins, right? Because I've talked about this in subsequent podcasts. I'm always taking a look at week to week, and then I look at 30-day spans, and then I look at quarterly, right? And for those who have been with me a year plus, I'll look at that data as well. But what I'm helping them to do is to take a look and say, okay, so over 30-day span, what is your overall step count? Because we can take a look at trends to that end. Now, if you're telling me that you're going out for these walks and your and your trend rather is undershooting that, then we want to have a discussion about, hey, are, are you being truthful with what you're reporting and or are you forgetting to wear your wearable, right? Because I oftentimes joke with a lot of my clients, if we can't track the data, did it really happen? Again, all that to be said, if you're someone who is super number centric and you get obsessed about this, I would actually urge you to be thinking about this podcast and thinking about wearing those health tech wearables and exploring your relationship with that. Now, mind you, what I'm trying to help you to do is to take a look at some of the findings and take a look at your trend over time. But if, like I said, if you're someone who's hypersensitive to the numbers, 
this probably isn't for you. I would trust your body and trust working with the coach over time. Okay. Now let's kick it over to the sleep wearables. What I thought was super interesting was some of the findings back in 2020 in the nature and science of sleep. Now, you know that I'm a huge proponent of uh, the app sleep cycle. I enjoy it. And really what I'm looking at is trends over time. Okay. And so what they did inside of the study is they they took a look, they took five healthy adults and measured over 98 nights of sleep, nine different wearables. So some of the wearables were the things like the Apple Watch 3, Series 3, the Bedit Sleep Monitor, Fatigue Science Ready Band, Fitbit Ionic, Garmin Vivo Smart, the Aura Smart Ring, the Polar A370, and then the Whoop 2.0. Now, mind you, any of the different nine sleep trackers, if you will, I've used the Apple Watch Series 3. I've used the Whoop. Um, I have not used the Aura Ring, which I know is a really popular thing. Now, what I think is really important about this is that most were, were actually found to be super accurate for total sleep time, total time awake, and then also sleep efficiency. And what they found is that the two that were the most accurate of those were the Fitbit, Fitbit Ionic as well as the Aura Smart Ring. Now, there was a great deal of variability and error in measuring REM and different sleep stages, which I think is super interesting because a lot of the health hack heroes, influencers, oftentimes describe utilizing some of the tech towards sleep stages and their REM cycles and things like that. But what I think is really great about this is while they're not incredibly valuable for measuring sleep stages, they are for measuring regularity and time asleep. And this is where trends over time really take place. Because if we're looking at the nine different tools that they used, one, they found that it was incredibly inaccurate in measuring the, the different sleep stages. We, we kind of know that, okay? The second one, and this is where like I think this is important, is that the initiation here is for you to be thinking about your sleep data or really your health data in a different way. So instead of concentrating strictly on the data points themselves, this is where you can take a look and look at trends over time. Because the way that I usually recommend utilizing some of the different wearables, if you will, and in this case, when it, as it pertains to sleep, I am going to help you to understand that, hey, it's going to be extremely valuable at the very base level, at the very foundation, if you can get to a point where you are falling asleep at the same time and waking up at the same time. Consistency in your regularity. Because if we can do that, then we can also start to measure time asleep or sleep time, okay? So that's the first thing. I wouldn't focus too much on the sleep stages, okay? Because what, we've, what we were able to see in this nine compar comparative study is that it's not actually valuable in measuring the sleep stages. So we do go back to the consistency over time of increasing your regularity, and then by default, getting to a point where you are consistent with the amount of time that you are asleep. Now, if you're someone who, like I said earlier, with the wrist wearables from an activity perspective, if you're someone who feels like the data harms your mental readiness to go out and perform at your best, I would take a step back and not only consult an expert that you can work with, but I also I would also take a look and understand your relationship with some of the metrics. Because I have worked with people who are extremely high performers, but at the same time, 
get lost in the weeds of some of the, the data. And that's where I go back to helping them to understand what the trend looks like over a month period, over three months, and then beyond. Because another limitation here, especially for those with darker skin tones, is that, is that these devices might even be less accurate for those types of people. So there's a lot of variables when it comes to this. And I think if we look at our health tech from the standpoint of providing us with information, not the tell-all be-all, but getting to a point where we can understand the trends over time, that's where you can utilize a lot of these for your performance. Because sometimes we can get lost in some of the day-to-day -day and some of the wins and losses of, you know, today I performed at my best or today I was, I was super shitty, <laughs> right? Because then we can get out of our head and start to take a look and understand the limitations of some of our health gadgets and say, okay, if I'm not focusing so much on the constant wins or losses, but if I can look at some of the small wins and some of the progression over a month span, a three month span and beyond, then I can be validated by a lot of the work that I'm doing. Right? And I think what's important here, I started this with, hey, I'm not going to like this episode, but I think what's relative, especially when we bring in scientific research and literature is that it's, it's changing. And so just like anything else, any of these conclusions in a lot of ways did state, but more research is needed. And that's one thing that I think is, is extremely empowering about some of the scientific literature. They're constantly looking and they're constantly diving into the scientific method. Hopefully you're coming across people who are not only just taking a look at what other evidence-based people are doing and doing it in a accurate way and, and being able to talk about some of the findings. But I also think what's important here too, is that it's okay to test things out and to see if it works for you. And that's where I think that's the empowerment tool where it's like, Hey, I would push you to be thinking about this differently. And so if you're someone who enjoys the metrics and someone who enjoys the analytics of what the numbers provide, then I think this is perfect for you. Now, on the other side, like I said, if it's something that is going to stall your mental readiness, I would take a step back and maybe utilize a journal technique or maybe utilize something different. So I started this with, I'm not going to like this. I, I hope that you like this because for me, what it provides is an opportunity to continue to go back to how can we create consistency over time and not get lost in the weeds of what's going on with some of the metrics. So I hope this is helpful. Let me know whether it be on YouTube or whether it be on Spotify or whatever it is. If you have health tech wearables that you swear by, I would love to learn what those are. For me, I have my Apple Watch. I utilize my sleep app. But again, I look at trends over time. I look at my regularity. And also I look at movement. Because the other thing that I'm starting to research too is also snoring. Something happened in September when I got COVID of last year. I started snoring, which is weird. It's not the sexiest thing in the world. So shout out to my people who are working through their snoring. <laughs> anyway, I hope this is helpful. I'll catch you on the next one. Let's get it.